You are listening to Bad Bitch Hysteria Radio. Welcome to episode four of Poppin' Off Pink. I'm your host, Chi-Chi. I'm Junie Mars. And I'm Kimber. And this is episode four. So really quickly, we want to do a quick uh, recap of last time. So we talked about Lauren Hill. Yes. We talked about what our expectations were for Yandi. What else? We covered a lot of brands. Napoli Ever After. And these two are sporting new hairdos. I don't know why they're being modest. Hello. Because this (laughs) is like regular. This is almost a ritual for me. I notice that almost every time the season changes, I'm either cutting my hair off or I'm just doing something. Everyone that knows me knows that like at one point in my life, I changed my hair color maybe every three months. And now I'm a new person. You're reborn. And I'm mature, so I don't do that anymore. (laughs) So if you follow us on Instagram, but you happen to not be watching us right now, can you, Kimber, and then you, Junie, just tell us what is different about your hair (laughs) for those who don't know? So I had like, I want to say maybe five to six inches of hair on my head, and then I cut it all off because I felt like it. Um... (laughs) So that was that's pretty much it for me. But Junie had a more fascinating, oh, more yes. intimate <laughs> experience. Man, so I, you know, I had like, I don't know, like six, I don't know how long my hair was. It was getting kind of long on top. You know, I had like the man bun style. The top knot. The top <laughs> knot. Um, and on October 1st, I felt like my hair was dried out. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to cut it. And not only am I going to cut it, I'm going to cut it on Instagram Live. So what I did was I just put my camera up. I put my Facebook Live up, everything live. And I just started cutting. I just started cutting and just like it, fe- it felt immediately freeing. Hmm. Did it feel like that for you, Kimber? Did you do it yourself or you went to a barber? I did it myself. Um for those who don't know, I did go to beauty school. Hey. <laughs> got my life together. So I am pretty experienced with clippers and trimmers. Um, but yeah, it, it always feels like a hot shower to me. I always enjoy cutting so it. I always enjoy lining myself up. It's it's a nice, it's a nice like therapeutic experience. Not everyone understands that, especially women, because like they're more attached to their hair. Mm-hmm. And of course, society teaches you that, you know, the more hair you have, the better off it is. But, you know, I think what you um, kind of demonstrated is that unhealthy hair isn't good hair, no. you know, and it, you can't be afraid to just do the right thing and start over if you mm-hmm. have to. Yeah, like and. I instantly felt better. Like, you know, sometimes as women, we hold on to our hair because we think like, well, at least it's long. Right. right. It may look kind of ready. crazy and ratty <laughs> and may falling out, which my hair was literally doing. But it's it's 
it's not better. It's not. You know? And, like, now my hair has, like, a new chance mm-hmm. to shine, honey. Mm-hmm. Okay? Chi-Chi says she's next. Um, That's I did not you- say that. <laughs> but I did, I mean, I, I don't know if you call it changing. I took my braids out. Okay. I alluded to that in the last podcast. And I did. Um, You're giving us a nice wash and go. Yeah. Yes. Wash and go I and like conditioning. That. And I've been trying to... Remind myself to like massage my scalp and that type of thing. I hate all that stuff. And I would honestly, I would cut it off if I didn't have a couple dents. (laughs) Sorry, I I gotta. I won't be sharing um, the bald face. (laughs) Yeah, but I do want to talk really quickly before we get into the next topic. Um, What emotions did you feel as you were doing this? Mm. Um, I definitely felt like a deep sigh of relief mm-hmm. like you know when you feel so stressed out that you feel like you're about to take a shit and then the situation <laughs> is like resolved and you're good like that's how I felt like I felt really good about it after um after doing it and I was really excited to do it mm-hmm. I felt like a weight was lifted off of the top of my head I mean literally <laughs> it was right I mean essentially yeah. but in a spiritual sense, I felt mm-hmm. like, have you ever felt a surge of energy in your body? I yeah. felt that oh, at the, yes. I felt it at my crown, mm-hmm. you know, essentially at my crown chakra. I felt like this freeing light come out of the, of the top of wow. my head. And I felt like, okay, yeah. I have clarity now. Hello. Like, this is how it's supposed to be. Exactly. This is how you're supposed to feel. That's exactly. how I feel this week because um, I'm juicing. <gasps> so no... No food. No, no I'm not liquid. Chewing. No. But I, what you said, I felt, I normally, just so everybody knows, I do this, I've been doing this for years, for mm-hmm. just like two to three times a year. And this time, I noticed that energy, I felt it on day three. Normally, mm-hmm. I feel it on day four. Um, it's like this, you get this burst of energy, and so everyone around me is like, what are you on? And I'm like, nothing, juice and water, you know? Mm. But I wanted to talk about our emotions, because we're going to delve into the lady of rage, And, you know, just saying her name to me means so much. Um, I know we touched on it very, very briefly around the controversy around Serena Williams showing her anger. Um, I wouldn't necessarily classify it as rage, but it just spurred a discussion about is it okay for women or black women specifically um, to be angry? And then how Mm. is that characterized in your workplace, on on the tennis court, where have you? But... What do you guys think of when I say Lady of Rage? Like, what comes to mind? A superhero Absolutely. that turns it out all the time. And yes. there may not be anything left in her wake, but she's just doing what she has to do. That's what comes to mind. Straight up solid delivery every time. You know, just this voice of like, when you hear it for the first time, you're like, ah, you feel that power. You know what I mean? I love that. She had a presence. Like, mm-hmm. she has a presence. Yeah. And I remember I remember seeing, a, like, her in a video when I was, like, I don't know, like, 10 or something like that, maybe, like, 12. And I was just like, who is that? You know, with these, like, <laughs> what I loved is, like, she had the Afro puffs. It's yeah. like, you don't really see that all the time. And she looked... Like, her hair looked like mine. Mm -hmm. And I could really appreciate that about her. And she was still glowing and, like, emanating beauty. Yes. Yes. But then also she had this rawness, you know? So she could be 
in the in the game with the big boys because she could hold her own and that's what I really appreciated about her. Yeah. Right. She was definitely one of the guys. That's the impression yes. I got. She wasn't like, you know, typical standard of like femininity where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, your hair is done and your nails are on fleek, but you're talking, you know, like a guy. Like with her, she's just all all around, just yeah. very much an individual. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's ready. Pretty much. I feel like she's a lyrical scientist. Oh. Um, mm. And if you have time to like delve into her history or look at some of her older interviews, she really, it's like a science to her, the way she brings together her lyrics. And, you know, obviously been watching Rage for a long time, but then I, we went back to get ready for the show. I was like, whoa, I forgot about that. Like she played this bully on Steve, the Steve Harvey show. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, um, I remember that. And she was in one of the Friday movies as well. Um, and she's still, you know, a lot of people may or may not know that she's very much an activist and she's still very much an activist. Um, she's been sharing information on, you know, Fred Hampton's house in Chicago, one mm. of the former Black Panthers that was killed, um, just saving that house and making it a historical um, monument, things like that. So to me, she's just like this lyrical scientist who's also a force to be reckoned with, for sure. I mean, we say that a lot, I think, about um, our female rappers, but Lady of Rage really, to me, embodies that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. But, I mean, it was a little sad to see, you know, recently, a couple months back, um, she shared on Instagram that she had some health struggles. Mm -hmm. Um, So it seems like she's doing better, um, but definitely, like, love and light, prayers out to you, um, Lady of Rage. And, you know, I wanted to talk about something else that was shared. I don't know if it was shared in mainstream, but it was certainly all over Instagram. Okay. There's a doctor Mm. being very blunt. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. About how specifically he said women of color and black women, how we are treated by doctors. And he was being completely honest when we say we're in pain. Mm-hmm. It's not believable. And Serena Williams, you know, she's she's coming up again. Um, she almost died mm-hmm. giving birth to her daughter because she had to fight for herself and say, look, I want a full CAT scan. Something's not right. Mm-hmm. She had a pulmonary embolism. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that really pissed me off hearing about that. And him confirming that just aggravated me even more. Mm-hmm. And this is why my doctors have always been and always will be Jamaican like <laughs> myself, because you just can't trust people to put their personal feelings aside. Like, I would really like to know you know, where that stems from, that whole we don't trust a woman to tell us that she's uncomfortable and actually look into it. And um, hearing that brought me back to something that my mother shared with me a few months ago, and it was like on the radio, it was everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Judge Hatchett's daughter-in-law, the same thing happened to her. Mm. And they ended up suing the hospital because she actually passed. Um, She delivered her baby um, and she was complaining about, uh, I don't know, like, I think she said her stomach hurt. Mm -hmm. They took 10 hours, they said. Yeah, they took 10 hours. starting her C-section and, like, finishing. What? They took 10 hours, like, they had her sitting there for 10 hours in this pain 
and in that time, her blood pressure had gone up. She suffered some internal bleeding and she passed away. And if in 10 hours, that's plenty of time to make decisions that can save someone's life. But they chose to disregard her mm. like that. That whole thing. I, it's beyond me. I yeah, don't get it. It makes you wonder how often does this happen? Yeah. And, and it got the attention, thank God, because of who Judge Hatchet is. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was too late. But just watching that was extremely heartbreaking to watch this beautiful baby boy. Mm-hmm. And they already had like, a, I think the other son was like yeah. one and a half yep. at the time. Mm-hmm. And just a beautiful family. Mm-hmm. And even the background um, she on was the incredible. mom. She was an amazing person yeah. with so many different talents and mm-hmm. just. Interest. She was skydiving, race car driving, you know. And then she was accomplished in her field. Mm-hmm. You know, she was like. I guess any man's dream. (laughs) (laughs) My dream, too. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I don't have the balls to drive race cars, but (laughs) hey, she she was an incredible person. And it just makes you wonder what kind of doctor disregards pain Mm -hmm. in a in a medical facility. But the fact that he called it out like he didn't. I know in general, they say, you know, you must advocate for yourself. Um, with your doctors and your healthcare providers. Of course. And that's just across the board, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact that he was like, oh, by the way, specifically women of color, we really... We don't believe We no. don't believe you when you say you're in pain. <laughs> crazy. Where but does you, that come from? But that's you know, what I want to know. <laughs> you know what? It just, it kind of like, it, it brings everything full circle for me because when I'm listening to both of you speak about Serena Williams and Judge Hatchett's daughter... There's this lack of value for black lives. Mm-hmm. It stems, you can see it in the medical field. You can mm-hmm. see it in police brutality. Mm-hmm. You can see it, you know, in many avenues of society. And I think it's this deep down lack and val- lack of value of our lives, yep. you know, yeah. and it's, it's just something that's been happening for so long. I remember my mom told me this story about she's going to be mad because she's going to be like, you should know which relative this is. <laughs> but one of my relatives, um, this is like generations ago, mm-hmm. had to go in for a kidney surgery because one of the kidneys was bad. And um, my, I think it was like either my great, great, great aunt, she was waiting in the waiting room. These are white doctors. And when the doctor came out, he had the kidney um, in the jar, and he said, I'm sorry, we took out the wrong kidney, and they killed him. He said, I was letting my son practice. Oh, my oh, God. Malpractice. Oh, my But God. again, right? So what is she supposed to do? But it's this lack of value for black lives. Mm. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the name of the woman isn't coming to me now, but she got dragged by Twitter, more specifically black Twitter, for saying that women are the N-word. Oh, I think that was world. Bette Midler. Bette Midler. Yeah. She, she wasn't, you see, girl, you're not that relevant. But <laughs> Bette Midler, made the, she made that comment comparing women to... Um, the n-word mm-hmm. of the world mm-hmm. and, and i understand that it was an a quote from eleanor roosevelt yeah and you know the which, context at that time which and was I mean, stolen just, from a black woman and i can't now the name mm, escapes me but right. it, it kept getting credited to the wrong person <laughs> right but like i get it 
But the fact that that comparison can be made, you know, that like the absolute lowest level of human life is a black person. Mm-hmm. 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 And, and the fact that I'm just I'm tired, y'all. When like, you go back to black women's nap. bodies, when you when you that story you just told, mm-hmm. like I was letting my son practice. That's how. <laughs> Modern obstetrics and gynecology came to be. Okay, they practiced on our and practice is not even the word. Experimented, experimented on our bodies, mm-hmm. and that is what. And the, the, whoever the guy was who was like the father of it, there was a statue, and I, it escapes me which campus. But they finally took it down a few yeah. years ago. But like to know that that's your history. You come from oh, you know, there's no value there. We can just experiment on them the same way we would right. an animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to your point, you know, that does delve into like how you see yourself, the 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 police brutality, the mental um and we saw this week there was marching all over Chicago, because for those who don't have the background, Laquan McDonald, um, back in, I believe it was 2014, um, this was someone who was, you know, a teacher and, and that type of thing in Chicago. And he was supposedly walking around with a knife um, and he was shot 16 times. And so, you know, some time went by, maybe close to a year, and then they finally got the footage on camera. And what they found was, he was walking away mm. when he was shot 16 times. So the chant was 16 shots and a cover-up. And over the weekend, um, the, the police officer who was responsible um, was found guilty. He hasn't been sentenced yet, but, you know, all of Michigan Avenue in Chicago was um, ablaze with protests from everywhere. Mm. That was the thing that really stuck out to me it was beautiful you saw arab people mexican people everybody of course black people but white people everyone was out there marching um about you know the the verdict so did you guys catch any of that or i did um and it's just uh like i know it's important especially as a black person to be aware and to be involved if you can in any way shape or form but it's just it's really exhausting Mm. like it's really draining when does it stop when do people realize that no one chooses to be who they are Mm. Mm. like when will when will when will these motherfuckers just get over it like i i'm so tired of this shit i'm so tired of hearing about it i'm so tired of seeing it and I know it's only, it's not just in, you know, the States. It's everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. It's a little Globally. crazier here, I, th- yeah. I feel like. Because we're such a melting pot. We, we are. Yeah. Ourselves that. Yeah. But like globally, we're just completely disregarded as human beings. And it's, it's I don't get it. Like, why are you guys so upset? There's fear mm-hmm. and there's insecurity. Well, there should be fear because down. we're we're dope as all hell. But again, mm-hmm. we didn't ask for this. Mm-hmm. We didn't ask for this, but it's fine. We'll be fine. I mean, I think at the end of the day, my my motto about everything is it all starts with you, right? Mm-hmm. Us on an individual level, right? 
the decisions that you make as a parent when you are talking to your children about people who don't look like you? What are you saying at the dinner table? Because all of that reinforces what happens when you grow up. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think people forget, oh, I'm just kidding, or I'm just joking, or I'm just saying this this about um this specific group of people, but I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be threatening or anything. Right. But we don't realize how things build over time and how you really need to check people mm -hmm. when they start to say things to you. Yeah. There was like this um, video. I don't know where they were, like in a Walmart or something. But apparently an older white woman was harassing these two Spanish women. Oh, I and saw And then this that other white woman walked up and she was like, no, mm. cut it out, cut the shit, <laughs> get on, continue with your shopping. And the woman tried to say, you know, I'm from a different generation or... Like she tried to, she tried to like justify what she was doing, and the other woman followed her all the way back to the front of the store, oh, away wow. from the woman wow. she was harassing. Like that's the kind of action yes. that needs to be taken. Yes, because if you don't do anything, or if you contribute to, like you contribute to it, when you see things like that happening, you're an upstander or you're a bystander. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, to your point. Junie, it does start with each of us on an individual level. And the more we can cultivate that, you know, respect and loving um, and just, you know, respect for being a human being. However, this happened, unfortunately, within the police force. And I know the Department of Justice got involved and the investigations saw there were some patterns. Mm. So I don't know. What do you guys think about the individuals? You know, if there's enough of us, but how do we... How do we correct these institutions and these structures? Because there's always going to be someone at the top or in power or influencing, you know, those that they have under them. So it's like it's a pattern that definitely needs to be completely broken apart as far as the, the harassment and just the disregard for any um, citizen, but especially the pattern against, you know, people of color and black bodies. And I think it goes back to fear in all of these institutions, right? It's like how many police officers are scared to speak up because mm -hmm. they don't want to lose their job, right, right. right? Or they know something wrong is happening, but they don't feel that they can say anything or it will make a difference or they have said something and they've been harassed by other people. You know, like it's, it's a whole thing. It's deep. I know it's deep because if it wasn't deep, it wouldn't keep happening. Yeah, that's true. It's very layered. Mm -hmm. And I know there are people that are voicing, you know, um, injustice and they're talking about it. But I think that there is a larger fear that kind of overshadows that. And it brings it back like that, that concept of um, crabs in a, in a bucket, you know, mm -hmm. it's like one person may try to rise up. Hey, you know, like we really need to deal with this. And like 10 people may pull them back. Right. Down, yeah. You know, yeah. and until <laughs> until those individuals can start to really be those whistleblowers within the, the police department, I don't I don't know if change can really yeah fully fully happen well again the fact that we had the rainbow of colors of people out there marching i think is amazing yes. and we want to take this time to remind everyone if you're not registered to vote um check the deadline in your state um and make sure you're registered because you know when we look at institutions and like our voting power and that's not our only power but make sure that you at least are exercising 
that and not just for, you know, the president. <laughs> Understand who all of your local officials are that, you know, or councils or what have you that affect your day-to-day life, your kids' life, your schools. And if you can't attend every meeting, then at least be in the know because those are the folks that are going to affect you on a more day-to-day basis than who's in the White House, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that, you know, you guys are at least educated about the upcoming elections. But to to the point about, you know, being tired and we talked about the, you know, the medical industry, um, today is actually World Mental Health Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so we want to recognize that. And some interesting things are happening. Um, we've been talking about mental health for the past few episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that's coming up with um, Charlemagne and Kanye is they're having a chit chat exactly one week from today. I wish I caught those ticket sales because <laughs> I would have been in here there. in New York City. Um, oh. They're going to discuss anxiety, wow. trauma, PTSD. Um, and yeah, there were tickets on sale. I don't know if it's going to, I'm assuming it's going to be recorded as well. It better and be. And we can watch it. I need to know. But Charlemagne's also selling a book. Um, Conveniently around this discussion. Mm-hmm. Of course. Charlemagne the capitalizer. It's, fine. <laughs> it's just an interesting, I mean, on one hand, I'm like, this is great that this is happening. And they both have, you know, the influence to make people pay attention. Um, on the other hand, I'm wondering how much, you know, if this is authentic and. Right. Are we going to tiptoe around certain subjects? Mm-hmm. Are there any? I didn't know. I don't know if any women are involved in the conversation, or if it's just Charlemagne and Kanye. If there's no women, I find that a bit odd in in this day and age. They could have a panel discussion. Hopefully, that would be more interesting. Yes, but um, it's only the first discussion, and mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, if it is done with the intent to make a difference and expose things, hopefully, it'll open up and progress to something greater. But I don't doubt that things will be, everything will be on the table because it's two of the biggest mouths in the hip hop world. So, Mm. I mean, I I feel like the discussion will be productive. Oh, she she has a face like. No, I'm just, I'm thinking because we talked about, you know, the allegations against Charlemagne a few episodes back. And I'm just, if you're going to do it, like, I don't do anything half-assed. So mm. if you're going to do this conversation, like, let's, I, I want to see how much is revealed. Mm. Right. Like, Kanye has revealed some things. Um, he said some thoughts that people don't agree with, but at least he's being completely transparent. As he always has been. <laughs> <laughs> or as, or he appears to be, I should say, because I know there is a machine as well with the pimp, pimp Mama Chris. He, but... With Charlemagne, I think this is an opportunity and hopefully not a missed opportunity, not necessarily to delve into all the details, but maybe talk about from a mental health perspective or mm-hmm. anxiety or stress perspective, what he dealt with, you know, when handling those allegations mm-hmm. and what he wants people to kind of walk away with, especially yeah. the women who, who listen in as well. I think it's really one thing that I think is super valuable about it is there are two black men mm-hmm. talking about mental health, which, in my opinion, is very rare. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we see women starting, starting to mm-hmm. open up about it, but rarely do you see men, especially black men, talk about it. So on that level I am interested Mm -hmm. I'm like okay what's really gonna come out of this because a lot of black men 
you know, just like a lot of black women need healing. And if this can start healing circles or conversations with men to really sort of get in there and talk about what's going on on a deeper level, I think good, more power to them. But make it something that's useful for the community. Don't just use it to sell your book or like talk about your album, okay? You have a larger platform, so you really can make a lot of change. So I just hope that they use it for that as well. Do you think it'll spur more black men, whether they be in entertainment or, or politics or what have you, to have these type of open forum discussions around mental health? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. If not on the celebrity level where it's like, oh, they're doing it and they got this many views, so we should start doing it. Or if it's like, you know, the fans that are like, oh, shit, Charlamagne and Kanye is talking about <laughs> their feelings. Word, I'm about to be on that. Like, you know, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. I feel like like everything else, it'll definitely have some sort of benefit. It will. Well, so it's opening a new door, which I think is always good, you know, in terms of mental health and talking about it. It just makes it that much more approachable if you see someone that you idolize or admire taking a first step in doing that. It mm-hmm. opens the door, and you don't feel like, well, nobody else is talking about it. So, right, right, you feel like, oh, okay, they're opening up. Maybe I could start to open up too because I know I want to hear from men. Like I really do. Like I want to know what's going on. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. And they're both dads as well. Exactly. And of daughters and and sons. So yeah. Like I want to know what what the stress and the struggle is. I want to know what what's going on that you're not talking about. I want to hear them explain themselves for just. You know, everything, mm-hmm. mm. everything. I, I think that's beautiful. And the I moment that we've come to as a yes. culture that we are saying we want to hear because for so long it was, you know, you were laughed at if a guy wanted to like share his feelings or say I'm hurt or even cry. Or hug somebody. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I think this is a great step in the right direction. Okay. okay so we'll be staying tuned. Um, just before we move ahead. My sense of smell is heightened because I'm not eating food this week. And I just want to tell you guys, because you don't know, that these two smell amazing. So shout out to y'all. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And while you're fasting, you still look very radiant. You are. You are glowing. Okay, Chi-Chi, come on Thank you. Yeah. I'm sure that some good will come out of that. I can't subject (laughs) myself to it. But but this this is your third time, right? Oh no! This? this is oh oh you do it. Just I've been doing like it for every years. Three, like every two, every every three months, sometimes every okay six for months. years. Mm-hmm. And it's like you do get right this this newfound clarity from it, right? Oh, yes. And like a major because just yesterday, actually, my boyfriend and I went to a juice bar. Shout, shout out to Simple Juice. Mm-hmm. We're on St. John's in Brooklyn. Okay, okay, shout Simple out. Juice. <laughs> and I had like a wheatgrass shot. And um, mm, I'm greedy, <laughs> so I like the shakes with like peanut butter in it and all that. Yes, stuff. but I didn't like. I just never feel any. I mean, of course, you're not going to feel a difference in one time, but I just felt miserable afterward. Like, what do you? What do you like? Do you like what you're drinking? <laughs> Like, do you like what you're drinking? And when, like, after this, I'm sure you're going to change your diet. 
Um, yeah, it'll change for a while because your palate, your taste palate changes. So right. if you've never done it, yes, you go through that. But so, after you've done it a few times, you look forward to actually mm-hmm. tasting all of the ingredients. Like, oh, I can taste the parsley. Train your palate. I can taste cucumber. And then when I come out, you know, it, it, we talked about this a little bit before the show, but there's an emotional attachment. So it may be like, oh, I'm used to having a burger and fries with this person and I'm going to meet them. So then it kind of flips. It's like, oh, can we go eat here instead or mm-hmm. go somewhere that has like a broader menu? But my question is, how do you enjoy things like quinoa? And like sauteed kale. How do you know? I hate it. It's called seasoning. What? Garlic, turmeric. I don't even, girl, I don't even put it. From the Ethiopian spices. Oh my God. I put olive oil. I I like it. You know, I mean, I shared, I think I shared on with everybody that I lost. You shared that you like the garlic oil from Papa John's. Oh! Okay. That's like counter. Wow. Hell. I did. So, so if you missed that. It's I did. One. I did say that. Um, and that was before I lost fifty five pounds. Oh my god. Fifty five so, pounds. Yeah. So about three years ago, when I was ODing on Papa John's garlic sauce. Okay. Um, I had a scare, and the doctor told me. She said, "Hey, you know, are you?" And this was like the. The, it was New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. I remember. I don't remember what year, maybe 2013. I don't know. Um, and she said, are you okay? Because your weight has been going up and up and up. And I'm a little concerned. Now, no doctor has ever said anything like that to me before. <laughs> and so I was like, what? I was freaking out. And I really had to stop making excuses, stop saying the dryer, because I wouldn't really say stuff like this. The dryer shrunk my clothes, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> I did. And I didn't realize that I was that stressed, mm-hmm. that I was using food as a comfort That's as the well. the biggest way to, right? to, to gain weight is when you're under stress. Yeah, so I was using food as comfort and alcohol because I loved me some margaritas. Okay, okay? I love me a margarita still. Um, I used to go to this place called, if you haven't been there, you should check it out. It's called El Cantinero. It's on, uh, for, it's on 12th Street and University Place. Mm-hmm. And I think they I passed there before. Yeah, and they have like an upstairs bar with lots of balloons and stuff. And they give you free food with the drinks. Oh, bitch. So oh, my God. This, this was when I still ate, I uh, was eating chicken and stuff like that. Right now, I just, I'm How a pescatarian. Did you give up chicken? That's my struggle. I'm like semi pescatarian. <laughs> that was the hardest thing. It was the hardest thing. Um, but you know what actually helped me? When my dog was a puppy, I had to make her food. So I would boil chicken like every week, like big things of chicken. And I think after a while with handling it, Mm -hmm. I started getting grossed out and it really helped me. But chicken, honey, I love chicken. (laughs) Like, But um, I just say all that to say I understand the the quality and the and the amazingness of juicing mm-hmm. and quinoa and healthy food. And at first, you have to really wrap not just your stomach around it, but your mental, your mindset yes, around right. it. You have to say to yourself, this doesn't really taste that good. Okay. It tastes like shit. It ta- <laughs> I want some chicken. Okay. And some dipping sauce. Okay. Right? But then after a while, your palate really adjusts. Like, seriously. Okay. No, it does. And you... It's crazy, but like you really appreciate what you're eating. And then when you have that chocolate chip cookie (laughs) or you have that whatever, like some sort of sweet that you used to like Mm -hmm. a lot, like a Twinkie, let's say, or something, you taste 
how different like with all the sugar and the process and you don't it doesn't taste good and I remember like after months of not having um chips ahoy I used to love that I went back to like trying to eat a couple and it didn't I was like kind of like not as into Even it. Even soup, like you can taste the difference. Like chicken has sugar in it. Yeah. It's like, oh, is this really tomato soup? Or can you bring mm. me something else? All right. And you really start to value the health and and and, and then goodness of it. And, and like, a lot of folks in hip hop are either vegetarian or vegan. Yeah. Shout out to Erica Badu. Do, doesn't Angela <laughs> Yee have a, um, a, a smoothie? Oh, yeah. A juice she has bar? A, in Brooklyn. Yeah. I'm just, I'm waiting for the day. I've tried. <laughs> I've had family members around me go full on committed to just one way of dieting. My younger sister is turning it out. She's got like a delivery of all these wholesome foods. Mm-hmm. Whereas I am just like, I want chicken strips and French fries. And sometimes I want fish tacos. And that's okay. And sometimes I want a salad, but for the most part, I want like something deep fried and nasty. Right. And that's okay. I mean, I think it's about when you, what your body wants, but also like when you come to a place where you start to want that for yourself. So it's, it's more like right now, that's what you want and that's okay. But at um, some point. At some point when you feel that shift, if you so choose to feel that shift, you will and you start like appreciating it. What shifted me was the doctor scaring me. So Mm -hmm. had I not been had that conversation with the doctor, would I have changed my diet? I don't know. Mm. But the universe decided that was my time, honey. That was my time to do a switch because I was... I was spiraling, so I'm still waiting to be shook. But, but shout congratulations out to, to you both. Yeah, I was gonna say shout out to all of us and everybody listening because you know you're trying to manage your mental health, you're trying to manage your physical health. Exactly, um, we are in a much more connected society as far as the internet and all that type of stuff. So it's easy to get stressed. It's easy to get anxiety. But I can't imagine, you know, being an artist. And having to deal with all those things alone, mm-hmm. it really takes a good support team to make sure you're on your P's and Q's. Yep. And I know everyone, you know, has different takes on that. Like Drake has like folks around him since he's got started. For some, it's having that significant other that's been with you through the trenches. And historically, I know we talked about Maxine Powell, um, may she rest in peace, <laughs> who was like in charge of Motown's finishing school, if you guys never heard of this. Oh, I heard of it, and I thought it was incredible, and I feel like that's kind of what we need now, someone to instill. You know, like, we all had parents that were very, like, hands-on, and they taught us manners. Mm -hmm. So we are, you know, a rarity amongst most New Yorkers because we're considerate, (laughs) you know, we stop and look over our shoulder before we cut people off, you know? I feel like that's what the celebrity world needs. Like, the bar has gotten so low, <laughs> and it's sexy to be shameless yes. now. And I just feel like, God damn it. Like, now it's it's more about the mess mm-hmm. than the music mm. and the message. So, I mean, if some people would even consider, I mean, Beyonce kind of got it 
down. That's the first person I thought of when I heard the NPR audio and I actually read the article about Maxine Powell. I'm like, you could tell her parents and whoever else they had around, not just Beyonce, but Destiny's Child, but, you know, looking at Beyonce, there's a discipline there. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, It's very apparent, not just in how she presents herself on stage and, you know, if she does another interview when she does interviews, but also just how she doesn't respond and how she presents herself <laughs> and, and how, how that's helped herself, not yes. to say that's that has to be everybody's brand but the fact that you know you see people arguing sometimes when a celebrity responds one way and then another one responds and they're like you guys need to take a page from Beyonce because mm-hmm. she just doesn't respond to anything mm-hmm. that's but that's why Beyonce is so successful right because she set herself above because she doesn't engage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in behavior that you see many celebrities engage in which is like the beef and like the back and forth and I really I mean whoever I mean her, her mom is amazing. Yes. Hello. Shout out to Miss Tina Knowles. Okay. But, um, like, I just think that her discipline, her mindset, I want to know what she eats. Like, mm-hmm. she's so driven. And mm-hmm. I was listening to this um, podcast uh, where they interviewed Kobe Bryant. And he talked about Beyonce. And he said that after every show, Beyonce immediately goes backstage and watches it. Cause she's just like she's a Virgo, and she's yeah, (laughs) she's kind of like she's got that meticulous OCD thing about her. Like Michael Jackson was also a Virgo, so I feel like she's in line with that that overachiever perfectionist aspect. Mm -hmm. So she has that to start with, but just having like the couth. Because there used to be like a balance where, you know, you have those rock star types that don't give a damn and they'll do what they want. Like you had your Rick James. <laughs> Love oh, Rick James. James. And then you have like, you know. Good your... cleaning music. Mm-hmm. Super right. free. Mm-hmm. While you're scrubbing your floor. Oh my God. I love Rick James. Yeah. But like Rick James was like, you know, balls to the wall. I don't care. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm going to do coke before every show, whatever. And then you have the more polished, more refined people like i feel like celebrities at one point used to be these like infallible people Mm -hmm. and that's why they were able to be examples and now celebrities are much more like human and like in the worst way (laughs) (laughs) and you know it's like with all that wealth and achievement there has to be some kind of discipline to go along with that Mm. and you know like of course back in the day all the Motown stars had some shit with them. You know, David course, Ruffin was yeah. slapping people with motorcycle <laughs> helmets and like they were rough and tough, probably way worse than us, but they still had, you know, a way to like save base mm-hmm. and give people something to like aspire to. I could just feel her spirit though when she was talking about the different folks she worked with. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Marvin Gaye was like, I don't need any finishing. And she's like, No, you don't need as much as the others, but you slouch. And you keep your eyes closed right. when you're saying so you. people think you're falling asleep right. on stage. But right. then she said Stevie Wonder was just always <laughs> beautiful. But I feel like she represented an era because you know how you get certain images when you hear things or you read articles? And the, the images that started to come to mind were Harry Belafonte mm. and Sarah Vaughn. And just 
I'm old enough to remember. I used to get excited when I would go get the mail from my mom and there was a Jet Magazine. Yeah. I love Jet Magazine. I would read Jet Magazine and go see who the beauty of the week was and Ebony Magazine. Mm -hmm. And even though Ebony's still in print, I don't think Jet is anymore. Nope. Um, You know, if you go to Harlem Shake, if you're in New York, go to Harlem Shake and go to the bathroom. (laughs) And they're like plastered all over the walls. Like, I forget that every now and then. And then I have to run in there and pee and I'm like, oh, yes. I was like, take a picture of it. But I mean, to your point, they're not behind the the ivory tower, right? They're mm-hmm. on social media and in some in a lot of cases in the worst way. So on one hand, I'm like, okay, that's an opportunity, right, to show what you need to show or want to show. Mm-hmm. Um, but some folks just take it too far. And I think if you had someone like a Maxine Pallet, your label or in your right. camp. Yes. We're missing not just a Maxine Powell in entertainment, we're also missing that elegance that the publications that a lot of them have went out now. Exactly. We all used to look to that as the standard and like, where's the standard now? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, it's great to think that you can be a celebrity by just being ratchet and just turning up and doing what you do on a regular basis. But the fact is to whom much is given, much is required. Okay. You have to have some level of polish. You have to have some kind of integrity and you have to have some dignity about yourself. Or as, you know, my family says, you have to have brought up C. Like you can't just walk around doing whatever you want. Like you can't. Some people can get away with that. But, you know, those are the people that crash and burn. Mm -hmm. Like, is our generation just going to be a bunch of crash and burn bitches? Well, come on. This is what I want to say about it. I think that what Maxine Powell offered. Sorry, everybody. I was about to say Powers, and I wanted to make sure I said Powell. That is a badass name. Maxine Powell. Okay. Um, So what she offered wasn't just like a finishing school where you learn etiquette, but she offers something that is essential to Mm. development and success, which is mentorship. Mm almost parenting everyone exactly everyone needs a mentor Mm -hmm. when you especially when you're trying to come up in the music industry where you're going to be on stage where you're going to be asked questions where people are going to constantly be writing about you watching you listening to you mentors are key to climbing up the ladder right because they've been through it they can help you they can guide you you know like a parent yeah and I think what is lacking now is mentors, like honest mentors who are not just trying to make a buck from your record off of you, Mm -hmm. but who really want to see you grow. And I see positive mentorship in in Diddy, what he's doing with all of his artists, but I think there needs to be more of that. Yeah, we need more of that. You know? Did you see how Queen Latifah got put on the spot, speaking of mentors? Oh, yes. Um, It was Kelly and, who's her co-host? Is it Ryan? Right, right. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, you need to mentor um, Cardi and Nikki. You need to get them on an album together and you need to produce it. And I like what she said because I'm all about two things, realness and balance. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm from New Jersey. I like a good turn up every now and then. Mm-hmm. But she also said that, you know, she would support something like that, not necessarily maybe produce it. But I just thought it was interesting that, you know, we we automatically gravitated like, Towards a Queen Latifah, yes. like she can, she can put some sense into them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. definitely. I mean, I I feel like at this point it's clear that um, both 
Nicki Minaj, as well as Cardi B. Not so much Cardi B, because with her, I get a sense that, you know, like she's been out here. She's been through the trenches. She is who she is. And she only means well. Like, I don't get a sense of like, you know, bad intent Mm -hmm. from her. But Nikki is like more seasoned and she's being by industry standards put out to pasture and she doesn't know how to deal with it. Mm. And she's being very much, you know, like, I guess what everyone says now is like Lil' Kim was right. Like, that's kind of what she's projecting now. That whole like bitter older woman that Mm. doesn't want to step aside and let someone else you know, take the platform. Mm. I disagree. I think that part of what you said about the villain, I'll just call it the villain for mm-hmm. lack of a better, um, is out there. And then at some point I feel like she was trying to swim upstream and she was trying to fight it. And then this week she put out some merchandise. <laughs> she put out some book bags. Um, there's one in hot pink. There's one black. And it's like, Nikki, stop my bag. I think there might have been some T-shirts or stuff like that. But, like, I want to— She's I wanna, dragging it. She's I dragging I, I think, it. I mean, when you have a universal music group and you have several rappers that most people don't know, they're not household names, that are women that are saying they came to me years before Cardi was even a thing and said, help us take Nikki down. Hmm. Again, I have to, like, see the whole picture. Um, and I don't want to get into it now. We can get into it later. But, like— Nikki's multi-talented on in addition to being an actress or trained to be an actress. I'm like, um, what? <laughs> yeah. well, she, came, she went to LaGuardia. Well, she went to LaGuardia, yeah. I know. So there's that, the, not like an actress like an Angela Bassett, but she's always put herself out there with the dramatic flair, which was needed. Yeah. Well before, you know, some of the folks we're talking about now, she put it out there in a way, not since Missy Elliott, in my opinion, that was like really like for the theater, for the mm-hmm. actress, for the drama. And I heard her, it took me a minute to realize it was Nikki, like singing on Wayne's album, Carter Five. And I didn't think she, I didn't know she could sing that well. I was like, wow. Like you hear her sing songs, some of her raps or whatever, but she was singing Dark Side of the Moon. She sings the hook. And I was like, wait, is that Nikki and somebody else? It's like, mm-hmm. no, it's Nikki. Um, so I don't, I'm not for the ageism or whatever. Um, I think you can be 50 and we're going to talk about somebody in a minute. You can have four kids and be out there being yourself, being ratchet, be whatever. Um, I do think at some point she tried to fight the whole villain thing. I think she's partially responsible for it for sure. Yeah. But there's other forces afoot. And to me, it would be negligent if I didn't like bring that up. I don't know. I feel like. There's just a lot that goes on that we're not necessarily aware of. Mm -hmm. And, you know, someone needs to come out and say something. But from what they give us, I just feel like the whole thing is stupid. And I don't know why it's so hard to just let everyone be like, you know, who they are and what they are in their own lane and not have to like, I mean, like all the merchandise, like... (laughs) You know, I guess it's no different from when Evelyn was selling the the non-factor shirts. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. It's like if you're going to like extend an olive branch. Like we don't know if that's happening. Because I I don't think for a minute that Cardi would be throwing a shoe in an upscale event for no reason. There has to be some degree of truth. So what's going on? And it has to be resolved. 
it should be resolved. If you're really about, you know, women sticking together, if you're truly this person that yeah. that you that you project, and then as the older person, you should be willing to be like, listen, girl, I know some like you know, just have like know a one that on we one. We can delve too much into like what's going on because we don't know. But I, I I voiced my opinion on what I thought that was. That was a stunt. Um, <laughs> beautifully. <laughs> And just, we talked about this, you know, off air, but personally, I've had an older woman throw a shoe at me, not literally throw a shoe, but I had an older woman that looked like me that was my supervisor a long Mm. time ago, literally like embarrass me, scream at me. Mm. And everyone around was just like, what is happening? Because Mm. I didn't do anything Mm -hmm. to start it. I didn't finish it. I walked away from it. Um, so that's where I get a little, you know, I don't want to assume what's true and what's not. Like I said, I do think everyone plays a part. Yeah. She certainly played her part, but I think for me personally, I don't want to say, well, it has to be true because she threw a shoe at an upscale event. I mean, like we talked about, if you really are that upset and you want to attack somebody, then that's the last place you're going to do it. Yeah. Like. That's where we it need was a Maxine spot in Powell. my opinion. Yeah, that's where you need a Maxine. <laughs> that, no, seriously. Take her out back. Take her around the side of the building. Yeah. <laughs> and I, Slap her up out there. <laughs> you know, it's like, speaking of Maxine Powell, it's like we do need, where, where do like managers come in at this point? Right. Where do people who are working with these artists. They're holding the phone. Managers are just pimps at this point. <laughs> right. Managers are They're the ones holding the phone. I know, it. but it, that's the part that kind of gets under my skin is, you know, this this lack of, like, humanity, mm-hmm. you know? The fact that you see these women engaging in things like this, and instead we take out the phones and record mm-hmm. as opposed to say, like, you know what? We're about longevity. Like, let's mm-hmm. let's think about your image long term. Why? Because things are not permanent anymore everything is based on instant gratification and being temporary and being a hit right now and so I feel like there isn't as much of an interest in maintaining the longevity of an artist Mm. right but what you said is kind of like a a gatekeeper of culture Mm -hmm. and we heard this a few years ago when there was some beefs going on with the male rappers and they were like we're the old heads they -hmm. need to step in they need to pull people to the side um so we have people who call themselves you know shepherding the culture or gatekeepers but i don't see that voice of reason and when you talk about it and when you talk about it when i talk about it i feel like there's a personal piece of us in it there's um a passionate piece of it and it's part of the larger culture right so that being said let's talk about the uproar um last week around who's curating hip-hop child oh my god because you're in it you're in it i'm in it and that doesn't mean that you necessarily have to look like us to be in it but at the same time it where did it where are the roots where did it come from and you live it every day. Mm-hmm. I'm not visiting hip hop. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not wow. like, oh, that's cool. Let me go check that show out. Let me go, you know, follow this person. It's like embedded into my upbringing, growing up in urban America, in a big city, growing mm-hmm. up in gang territory, growing up as a black girl, growing up with this hair and everything else. And getting braids on the porch and all of that. So does it matter who's curating it when it comes to these 
museums and exhibits and all, you know, all the fanfare? I mean, it's important to recognize that for black people, our lives run parallel with the albums and with the culture. I think it's important to acknowledge that. Like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, every time they have awards, Mm -hmm. they do acknowledge with video that black people invented rock and roll. They do acknowledge that. So I don't see anything wrong with acknowledging that, hey, like it's notoriously, it originates from African Americans. I get that. But like every other successful thing, you know, people of many races and many cultures are are bound to embrace it. Mm-hmm. Anything that's truly successful is going to be embraced by all, whether it's chewing gum or a music genre. Everyone's going to want to take part in it. And, you know, if we ourselves aren't doing as much as we can for hip hop, because right now, frankly, I don't think we are. A lot of the things that are out now aren't that great. Um, The quality has gone down considerably. You know, everyone talks about how they want the old thing back and this, that, and the other, you know? So it's like, that's kind of the state we're in right now. So like, in that respect, I'm like, what's so bad about opening it up to other people that are willing to do something that contributes to hip hop? Like, what's so bad about that? Mm. You know, like if you're not tearing it down and you're not criticizing it or making it worse, mm-hmm. what's so bad if, you know, Jim Bob opens a really good hip hop? Well, this like, was at the African-American Museum, the the one in Washington that was open a few years ago. The one that ago. Quincy Jones did the fabulous show for. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Have you guys seen that documentary yet? It's in my watch list. I, it's so so my partner watched it and she was like... You have to watch it. Yeah, that's it's what everyone so keeps saying. You like have she, to watch. So I'm like, I want to set time aside yes. to watch it. I don't want to be like watching it and like cleaning yes. or something. It's so good. But like he is also like kind of going back to the conversation we were having before. He's one of those people that made it a point to get all the hip hop artists in one room and say like, I want you guys to live to my age. And then he made this hmm. fabulous contribution to the opening of that museum. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if someone like that that's not black can make that level of a contribution i'm not mad at it i do think it's important to this is just me you know popping off (laughs) (laughs) we fought and we continue to fight for equality Mm -hmm. we're not done and when it comes to topics like these where my perspective is always where are we right now right so if we lived in some lovely utopia where I'm a curator at a Holocaust museum and an Indian person is a curator at the hip hop museum and, and shift, 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 shift everything around, that's great. But we are in a position where we just talked about how our bodies are not respected, how we're hunted down by the police, how we're discriminated against. Mm-hmm. Right. And I look at patterns when it comes to human beings. And when I look at how other people are the gatekeepers of their culture, of their history, and they hold it so close. And no one bats an eye when you walk into their exhibits or their museums or their what have you, when everyone there looks the same. Mm. But for some reason, when it comes to us, it's like, oh, it's fine. You know, 
it doesn't matter who's doing it as long as they want to be a part of it. Mm. And I disagree. And that's fine for us to disagree. I'm just saying I disagree because we're not there yet. We're still fighting just for respectability as being human. I get that. So, like, if everyone else who's, like, above, not above us, like, I think other people are above us, but how they're treated and not targeted (laughs) is above us and how this world treats them and specifically how the United States treats them, then... Wait, save it. Save it, save it. Up there. Thank you. (laughs) Just working out some technical Technical. stuff. Did you say you pressed it? Yeah. Okay. So, you guys look pretty well. (laughs) We're going live again, guys. Trying to. All right. All right. Before I lose my thoughts, um, until we get that parody... And, you know, j- just qu- um, equality, I just don't think it makes sense to talk. We talk about things as though we're there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just this subject. Like, this is just one of many. Um, and I love having these type of exchanges with my friends and family because it's like we all are like, hmm, let's think about this in different ways. But for me, it's like when we get there, OK, fine. Mm-hmm. Swap mm-hmm. everybody in and out. I don't care. Like, we're not there yet. Like, to me. We still are fighting for our lives, quite frankly, including our mental health. And it's very, it's even more important for us to do what everyone else is doing. Everyone else is making sure that, okay, well, this is going to be only people from my culture, my um, clan or what have you that are doing the curating, that are making money off of this. And we always are like willing to take a step to the side and say, no, everyone can do it. Everyone can profit off of it. It's fine. And I get that people contribute it in huge ways. I am not trying to take that away from anyone. But again, when we get there, that's my thing. But you see, like that, I'm sorry. No, that's the whole thing for me. Like every time, it's like I'm, I'm constantly torn between, you know, saying, fuck it, let's just do our own thing. Let's just have our own exclusively black this, that, and the other. But in turn, you consider the civil rights leaders that fought for us to be where we are. And you you consider what their purpose was. Like, literally everything we've done so far is either counteracting what they tried to instill or is helping push it forward. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, people say that they want freedom. To me, freedom is acceptance of all things in all extremes. Like, Mm. let's consider what we're actually asking for. And let's consider that, you know, our predecessors wanted to make it so that we are just like everybody else. That's what equality is. And that means that everyone is included. You know, I'm not for people just stealing our shit. And just repurposing our shit. Like now I notice all these trick ass bitches want to take a knee after Kaepernick took the L for Wait, so who long. Else is taking a knee? Um, the women that are protesting Kavanaugh. Being, oh, I didn't know yeah, that. They've okay. started taking a knee or kneeling down. Like now they want to do that after Nike finally mm. came around and endorsed him. Now it's cute. Right. Like that, I'll never agree with because right is right and wrong is wrong. But if we really want to think about it, if we really want peace and freedom and all of that, that means embracing everyone. 
I mean, both of you make such awesome points, and I feel very conflicted in, and I can't choose a side because I think the way that slavery was ended, it was a collaborative effort. Mm -hmm. The way that the Voting Rights Act was passed, it was a collaborative effort. You know, I'm sure people who funded this museum, it was a collaborative effort between many racial groups, right? Mm -hmm. But I think what Chi-Chi refers to is the fact that historically, our story as black people have not been told from our own mouths. It's been told through the mouths of other people, through the interpretations of other people. When you look at history books, they're not <laughs> generally written by black people. It's not us telling our story. And I think that is where the conflict comes. And I think that is what spurred all the rage that you saw on Twitter. It's like, we want to be able to tell our own story. We want to be able to celebrate the, the, the culture, this music that we created. But there's also what I, I mentioned, which, what I thought mentioned, was mentioned in the article was the fact that they felt like there wasn't anyone who had as much experience as the curator mm. in terms of you know, her background and in, in, in terms of the museum training that she received and her, her education. Is that true? I don't know. Um, are there other black people that could have been just as, um, had just as many credentials as she did? Probably yes. So I'm not really sure if that's the case, but I do think that it, it is about us coming together, but there has to be this sensitivity around it because our voice has been altered for so long and we have to read about ourselves from other mm -hmm. people that it becomes painful when it's thrown in your face in 2018 that you're still looking at your own history from somebody else's perspective or what someone else chooses to curate right so I think it's challenging when are we yeah. going to capitalize because every time we have historically come together whether we got property together and now it's Central Park Right. Okay. They come in and take it. I mean, we talked about Lady of Rage's activism point. for Fred Hampton, the former Black Panther, the, the free school system that we all, I grew up on anyway, <laughs> was mm -hmm. started by the Black Panthers. And the redlining, um, you know, where you, you, you come to me and say, oh, I bought a house and you may be my white, you know, coworker. I'm like, oh, and he's like, hey. In goodwill, hey, you should go buy a house in the same block mm, I did. And you, can. and you get a mortgage, and I get a mortgage contract, which means I don't own the house, and I'm paying mm. double what you're paying. Or if you just so we are still, this is only 2018, we're still living mm -hmm. with the ramifications of that. Mm -hmm. But to Kimber's point, we have come so far. And I love that you said that you're conflicted because I think a lot of times we just want to be like, yes or no, black or white, right no, or wrong. it's not like and that. it's not like that. And I feel like um, that reminded me of an episode. If you watch Atlanta with Donald Glover, if you, you guys watch that? No. Oh, my God. You have to catch up. I think I season three is starting soon. But there's an episode where Donald's character tries to get his cousin, who's an aspiring up-and-coming rapper, um, some representation and it's a black guy and he's like I want a Jewish guy and mm. Donald's like oh my god I was trying to hook you up this guy is good he's like mm. yeah but does he have the type of clientele that's like you know the rap the rappers I aspire to be um and there's one moment where they have to get like a passport 
really quickly, like within hours, and they go to this guy and he's like, oh, you guys are our best customers, the rappers, and he happens to be Jewish. And he's like, hey, can I ask you a question? Do you know of a black guy that can do the same thing? And he's like, to be honest, yeah, but they don't have the connections and they don't have that, um, you know, that, that business that's been like institutionalized or it's been passed through the family. Right. And that's what this kind of reminds me of and what you said about they couldn't find someone with the same experience. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But the question then for me becomes, and it doesn't have to happen tomorrow, how does that happen in the future? How do you make sure that there's a little girl or a little boy that has that experience as we move forward? Because a lot of us are being left behind, and it's not just because of what's happening now. It's happening because of systemic practices that were put in place Mm-hmm. decades ago that mm-hmm. we're still grappling with yeah it's true and i think it's about resources too you know what i mean like i think if you have an african-american history museum then you need to have programs where you involve the community i am all about community if you are creating a hip-hop exhibit right you need to have a way for young scholars you know young women young men to be able to have a museum internship Right and right. Do something like that. Allow them to, you know, learn from someone who is curating Mm -hmm. so that they can be the future people that are involved. So I think it's about that as well. You know, just paying it forward. Yeah, like just general open mindedness and just like a, a collective effort. You know, like we have to like, of course, we have to unify first. And that's going to take time. But I, I just feel like at this point, like we have, we don't even know our entire story. And chances are we never will. Mm. So what we have to do is try to move forward, try to like look at it and learn from it what we can and make, make it a point to say, okay, this happened, that happened. But what are we going to do now? That's always my thing. Yes. Anytime there's an issue, right. what are we? All right, sis, I get that. <laughs> but what are we going to do now? Right. And and it's also about like, instead of allowing things to happen and then complaining about them and being like, who's going to do something about this? Mm-hmm. Why don't we step up? Because I think a lot of times what happens is we like to, you know, post on Twitter and, and, mm-hmm. and do comments and say things and accuse people and point fingers. But we're not doing anything doing anything we're not stepping up to the plate and Mm -hmm. maybe no one stepped up to the plate and she did well just two things i want to say before we move on um whoever the woman is that is curating you know thank you yes thank you and she's um part of a team that's actually being led by a black woman at the the museum right Um, it's a collaborative effort exactly but it's still a good conversation to have. Yeah. It is. It's a good conversation, but I think we just need to do more. And stop being complacent. Do more. Absolutely. Complacency is a big factor as to why we're not further along. And we have to stop expecting people to put things in place for us. And we have to really start taking ownership. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like... If you want to see change, you have to be involved. You cannot just point fingers and talk about how she's doing this and why isn't he doing this or she doing that. You have to take a role. Play a role. Get be involved. Be the change you want to see. Hello, Gandhi. Thank you. God damn it. 
<sighs> change, action. Right. So And sacrifice. Stop being scared. You know, like you want to chill with your nine to five and you're doing all right. But deep down, you're just dissatisfied by the establishment. Oh, Make that sacrifice. You're triggering folks. Make that sacrifice. Um, so, Kimber, <laughs> tell us about our up and coming pick this week. Oh, my God. Because that's a woman of action and change, oh for sure. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, my pick of the week for popping off pink is this <laughs> black woman that's doing it up. Her name is Baby Mother. Baby Mother. B-B-Y-M-U-T-H-A. Yeah. Spell that one more time because I want people to look her up. B-B-Y-M-U-T-H-A. One word. If you're not familiar, get familiar. I'm not an avid hip-hop listener, but when I saw her, I was like, okay, Purple Dreads. Different color wigs and weaves. Like, I need to know who this person is. <laughs> and I started listening to her music. And, like, 10 seconds in, every song I've heard was a bop. It's not easy for me to become interested in what I'm hearing. But she's got it going on. She's a mother of four. She's a mother to two, two sets, sets of, of twins. twins. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Leos and Scorpios. Yeah. <laughs> Many Fire blessings. and water. <laughs> right. And she's a Tennessee native. And um, from my understanding, she's been through a lot. And she's been through a lot before becoming, um, like, rap was always in her life. But mm-hmm. she's committed to it fully after like a series of diversions from like abusive relationships. And, you know, she comes from what most amazing talents come from, which is obscurity and hardship. And I I just love her music. I listen to um, Gold Kit. I listen to Free Britney. Um, I listened to I listened to everything that she has out. And I'm just obsessed with like her flow. Her content is solid. Um, the production accommodates yeah. her, her her music, like yeah. her musicality beautifully. Like, I, I think she's lovely. How well, did you She was so inspired. Here's the thing. I listened to some of her music first. Right. Then I read up on her. Then I went back to listening to her music mm-hmm. and so many things. Okay. First thoughts, like she has a very, in a good way, a West Coast yes, sound. Yes, exactly. And I was like, damn, I wish I was back home. Cause like, I want to like pop this in while I'm driving and I don't drive here in New York, but that's definitely someone you could pop in, drive and just never, ever like skip a song or change right. the album. Um, and the way she was just so raw about everything, it was like Millie Jackson meets Trina or some shit. Like right. I was like, wow. And you, it's like, you appreciate it, but it was also funny because she was so like raw so with it. Raw. And what you said about like her hardship, I read up on her about the twins and some of the abusive relationships. But even with that, one of her, um, the twins dad, she was like, oh, he was really fucked up, but we're friends now. Like he moved out to California. He's a better person now. Like mm-hmm. the fact that she, you could tell she's just like a good person. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say, because I want Julie to chime in, man. The inspiration when she said, um, you know, it's times where I'm like, damn, am I really going to be able to do this? And then at the last minute, one of her aunts would like pop up and say, I can watch the kids. Mm. Right. So she's like, I'm supposed to be doing this. Right. And she really believes that. And even when she 
had those moments of doubt, she's like, well, something always happened to where somebody could watch the kids or, you know, I got that ride to the airport or whatever. And that was just very inspirational to me. So it was like her music was dope. She's dope. And I was like, why don't we see her? Like, does she, is she like, does she go live and stuff like that? I'm like, I want to see her. I don't want to just see she's like underground. a couple of people. Yeah, yeah, she's underground and she does like a lot of shows and tours, but I feel like she definitely needs to be above ground, romping oh, and yeah. stomping with the rest yeah. of them because she has a lot more to offer. She, to- she has an awesome energy. Yeah. Like, as soon as I pressed play, I was like, oh, yes. Oh, like, okay. Yes. All right. You know, she gives you, like Chichi said, that West Coast vibe, this good energy. She's funny. She's witty. I love it. And you feel like you're sitting in the living room with, like, your your best friend, you know, right. in the sense that she's real. And you just like, yes, girl, yes. <laughs> you right. know, and that's what I really appreciated about her. And her sound, it's not, it's like... It's it, not conventional at all. Yeah. She's like a like, Lil Wayne, ASAP Rocky with actual lyrical capability. Right. She's, just, she's got a, a little lot too short, on. too. Yeah. Like a female too short mixed in there. Exactly. But she talked about, in the, in the article I read, it's in the fader if you guys want to check it out. Um, she talked about one of her songs. They were like, oh, you should give this to Nikki. And she goes on this rant. She's like, you know what? Everybody's not going to be um, light skinned with a long hair and big titties and a fat ass. And, you know, people were t- saying things about her looks. And she's like, I look how I look and I'm going to do my own shit. Yeah. I'm not passing it off to anybody else. And I also like felt that fire mm-hmm. as well. I was like, yes, I want to follow this I just this need person. her to have like a duet with Miss Kaya Shamone. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> I can see that. Get it over Or even with. Missy. Missy um, dropped some beats. This, she like literally dropped us a 30 second. She teased us 30 mm-hmm. seconds on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, Missy, where's the rest of it? <laughs> yeah, my booty shaking now. Now what I'm supposed to do? Yeah. Oh, man. But it's it's like refreshing, though. I'm glad yeah. that you introduced Go check out Baby this Mother, artist please. To me. Yes. <laughs> Give her all your Pasta. money. Pasta. Give her all your money and Roses attention. and yeah. rules. Pasta, roses, and rules were my three favorite. I loved everything. I liked rules. But yeah. those three, I'm like, pasta, what is this? Those three like really rules resonated with me. Rules was actually like the the hit that went viral. Mm-hmm. That like yeah, she had put the video. her on. Yeah, but I love Indian hair. That's mm. my shit. <laughs> that gets me going. Um, I, psh, huh. Baby mother's the shit. That's the bottom line right there. That's just it. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Um, Let's get to our lyrical flow. Oh, my lyric. That Junie's going to bless us with. What's your lyric, Priestess Junie? Let me pull it up. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Hold on. So last week, right, we were talking about the incredible... Miss Lauren Hill. Yes. And I started, you know, revisiting the album and just like celebrating her. And this lyric really resonated with me, or these lyrics rather. My world, it moves so fast today. The past, it seems so far away. And life squeezes so tight that I can't breathe. And every time I try to be what someone else has thought of me, so caught up, I wasn't able to achieve. But deep in my heart, the answer is, the answer, it was in me. And I made up my mind to define my own destiny. Hmm. And I think that as women, especially as black women, we're always living for the approval of other people mm-hmm. to say we're okay, yep. right? To say that we're enough, 
to say that we are qualified. And I think for a lot of artists, a lot of hip hop artists, especially a lot of female hip hop artists, that's something that holds us back, right? Just like baby mother was saying, like, you know, they they want her to give her song to someone else. Mm -hmm. It's like, we are enough just the way that we are in what we have, in the God-given talent that we have. And we really have to remember that. Everything that you need is inside of you. Yep. It's really about, are you able to step up mm-hmm. and push past the fear and allow yourself to truly live? Right. And defend what you are. Okay. And sometimes you do. You have to fight for it a oh, little bit. Sometimes. You know? <laughs> sometimes. Every day. You know? And, and... It can be about, no, I am good enough. Right. And I'm going to keep going. And maybe that person that doesn't believe you're good enough isn't the right person for you. And you have to keep going. Yeah. You know, and so that is a lyric of encouragement to everyone out there. If you're working on your own projects, if you're trying to become an artist, if you want to become a museum curator. (laughs) Okay, honey, whatever it is that you're trying to work on, we see you and we celebrate you. Yeah, girls and guys, and whoever. <laughs> need and, and house cats. Yeah. And house cats. Shout out to all the house cats. Shout out. Shout out to everyone that tuned in on our live. Shout out to Hip Hop's biggest fan. Yes, hey, thank you, Hip Hop's biggest fan. We see you. Shout out to Deadly Dragon. Shout out to Johnny Go Figure. Shout out to Dear Lovely Chaos, who's been giving us the free promo. Hey. Appreciate okay. it. Um, donate to our Patreon. Give Please. us your lunch money <laughs> if you like us. And yes. if you don't like us, that's cool. Just keep watching because we're going to dust everybody. I just want to, first of all, thank you for that lyric. It was a beautiful lyric, but I also felt like it was poetry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, what I love about this show is that I am inspired both by the lyric that you just shared and I'm inspired by Baby Mother. And we really embrace all of the different artists um both men and women but you know we are focusing on a lot of the female artists and we'll continue to highlight them as we move forward and this has been inspiring for me as strong as people may think that I am I need people to like check in on me too Mm -hmm. and it is a fight every day um just to like say I, I belong here and I try to mentor people when I can and I share something that someone shared with me about five years ago, which is when you have that fear and you're walking into or sitting at a table, just remember you're sitting at that table for a reason. So you already belong there Mm -hmm. and carry yourself that way. Yes. Yes. And also it's okay to ask for help. I think that we are taught as a people to be strong and as women to be strong and fearless. And you just keep going, girl, you keep going. You okay. And sometimes you're not okay. Your arm is falling off. Pay attention. (laughs) Okay. And it's just really important for, you know, us to be able. It's it's strong to ask for help, actually. Mm -hmm. Because you're able to go above the fear and say, you know what? I need someone. Mm -hmm. And check in on your strong friends. Yes. That's a key. And for anyone who, I just am really still... Like, my heart is wrenched thinking about the story um, with Judge Hatchett's mm-hmm. daughter-in-law. Like you said, Junie, it's important to ask for help, and that's their strength in that. But when you ask for help and no one hears, mm-hmm. fight. 
kick, scream, push, advocate for yourself. Make sure you take someone with you to the hospital. Make sure you have someone on speed dial. Mm -hmm. If for some reason someone can't be there in person, Mm -hmm. because that is not okay. It's not. That is not okay. Like the people that we entrust with our bodies, you know, like they tell you, oh, no, like go get it checked out, this, that, and the other. But what do you do when you actually go to get checked out and someone's disregarding your pain? Because... I guess they think, oh, she's black. She's fine. <laughs> like, I don't, I can't even yeah. begin to think of why you would, as a doctor, as a medical professional on a medical premises, disregard someone's complaint about pain and discomfort. Shall buy. Well, I wish you healing from physical pain, mental, emotional. Um, we've talked a lot about our spiritual journeys. Some mm. of us cut our hair. Some of us <laughs> have given up food for momentarily. Mm-hmm. Um, this was heavy, man. This and was this heavy. World mental and health it's gonna day. get heavier. <laughs> but you know what? And it's, it got fun too. With, you know, okay. I'll be listening to Baby Mother on the subway on the way home. <laughs> it's yeah. okay though. You know, like what I think is unique about this podcast and what we hope you, as the audience and listeners, enjoy about it is, you know, not only are we we talking about hip hop, but we're really talking about you as a community and how we can heal together because that is just as important. Yes. You know. What creates music, what keeps music going is the community. And we all need to be healthy. We all need to feel energized. We all need to feel good about ourselves. So keep taking care of yourself. You know, that is a key of life. If you don't take care of yourself, how can you fuel or take care of any other community, any other form of music? It's true. It's true. Have your margaritas (laughs) and then juice. And then eat right. Maybe not in that order. (laughs) Why not? Can't I like toxify and then make sure there's a toilet nearby if you do that in that order. But yes, all of those things are 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 key towards self care. You know, getting enough rest, which I need to do a better job of personally. Mm. And normally, you know, we end on some high note, and we I think we're ending on a high note now. But I really want to encourage people to give us feedback um, and tell us what you thought about this show or if you're catching up on previous shows and what you'd like to see or who you would like to see. Mm-hmm. So we are signing off live from Queens. Queens. New York. Queens, New York. Queens, get the money. Um, <laughs> hey. Peace and love. And we will see you for episode five. Very Much soon. love. Thank you for listening. Bye, hoes. <laughs>